What's up, Geek Vibes Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, episode number 29, because we keep track on this side of the fence. <laughs> uh, let me just transition. What's up, Jawan? How you doing, man? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. That was funny. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Joel, how you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty, pretty, pretty good, man. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Awesome. Uh, I just want to take a second <laughs> to revel in uh, a little bit of um, just just positive news on my end as far as sports go. My Georgia Bulldogs uh, were able to come back from 17 points down to beat the Oklahoma Sooners in overtime. Oh, my God, that shit was fucking amazing. I loved every – well, I didn't love every minute of it. But I loved the outcome and the fact that it was such a great game made it all the better to win. Um, that was awesome. Go dogs. Uh, hopefully we can we can take down the king of college football in Alabama. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, what a great game. Uh, largest comeback ever in a Rose Bowl. So, man, that was that was awesome. So, and you know what? Only, uh, only- I was telling Juwan this too, like – Georgia sports, we need we need this. Like we like, come on, we need to beat Alabama. Like something's got to go our way eventually. Like after, after the Falcons collapsed last year, like the 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 Hawks went from a sixty win season to like tank mode. The Braves have sucked forever. We don't even have a hockey team anymore. We have a pretty good soccer yeah. team, um, so that's kind of cool. But you know, it's fucking soccer. <laughs> so um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I, I mean, come on, dude. It's it's like I don't. It's America. Like we don't we don't really care about soccer. Not not that much anyway. Right. Unfortunately, um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like I mean, I watch <laughs> World Cup. Like World Cup, that's that's my jam, dude. I love watching like the Netherlands play. That that team is so much fun to watch. Um, but like even then, like you know, like America just usually kind of sucks. So, like, we're not even getting into this year's World Cup. <laughs> so, or the next know, the, the, the one that's coming up. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, not 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 a lot of uh, not a lot of soccer fans on this side of the pond. Um, but uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, awesome, awesome game, and just so glad. Hopefully, we can we can pull it out on Monday, and then of course, you know, we got the Falcons coming up uh, on Sunday. Um, so, or Saturday, one or the other, I don't don't remember. Um, but yeah, so we got, we got some positive things happening in Atlanta. So, uh, and, and, and in the state of Georgia, hopefully something will pan out in our favor. Finally, (laughs) we've been waiting since 95. We deserve this. Um, but anyway, guys, let's, uh, let's jump into our, uh, our topics, uh, for tonight. Uh, starting off with Isaiah Thomas made his debut for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, posted 17 points, three assists on six of 12 shooting, and three of eight from deep in just 19 minutes of play. Uh, what are your thoughts on IT's return and the decision to play him against Portland while resting him tonight against Boston? Jawan, we'll start with you. Um, <clears throat> I thought he looked really good uh, in his first game back. Uh, really not not that much rust, um, if, if any. I mean, he's He's going to go out there. He's going to shoot a lot. He's going to try to score a lot. So I thought for what he did in the short time that, that he had, he looked really good. 
Um, you definitely need that guy in late game situations. Uh, Le- LeBron tries to be a closer, uh, but it's just not in his DNA. Uh, so it's good that he has somebody who has close, uh, you know, that closer mentality in their DNA. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, when Cleveland's in tight game situations to see if LeBron tries to do it by driving and facilitating or just giving it to Isaiah and clearing out the same way he did, uh, you know, the entire time he's been with Kyrie. So that'll definitely be fun to see that. Um, But as far as them resting him tonight and playing him uh, yesterday, I get it. I, I, I seriously do. And honestly, I think it's a message they're sending to Boston that this game isn't that important to them. Uh, so they weren't going to bring Isaiah back with all the all the storylines around him coming back to Boston and him versus Kyrie. They, they just, you know, they, they didn't want that. So they thought, let's bring him back against uh, Portland, um, mainly because Lillard and McCollum aren't that well-known for playing much defense. So, you know, you don't really have to <laughs> – you don't really have to worry about, like, a Marcus Smart getting up on you and, 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 you know, and defending you really well. You can – Lillard and McCollum are worrying about not getting fouled out and, and scoring a lot rather than stopping you. So, I thought that was a perfect game to bring him back for. And I honestly do think it was a message because uh, they definitely – because they were saying that they weren't going to play him today because they didn't want him to have to do back-to-backs and stuff. But you definitely could have rested him in that Portland game and played him today. It was a message, them saying that they could care less. They, their thoughts are in June, not in uh, not in January. So that was just them letting Boston know that you'll still be the, the little brother. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Uh, Joel, your thoughts? I, I'm going to have to agree. Uh, it's like I, I like what I saw from him. It was nice to see him back. I was uh... – he looked spry. He looked like, like Juan said, it didn't even look like he was that rusty. <laughs> he came right in and did what he had to do, and I liked it. I liked what I saw. He's going to fit in. I think he's going to fit in just fine. Um, I don't really – it didn't really matter to me if he played tonight or not. Uh, I think it's – I know they want to try to manage his minutes or whatever, and it would be a bitch to have to worry about the Celtics defense or having to guard Kyrie the whole night, so – Right, you know, he just got back, and like most guys, especially coming off an injury, don't like to play back to back, so it's not really that surprising either. So, um, but yeah, I'm happy to see him back. Uh, the Cavs look like they could make some noise again, even though they already looked like they were they were like that. Now with IT, can they make more noise? That's the, that's the real question. Right. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Also, IT. Go ahead, Juan. No, go ahead. Oh no, no. I was just gonna say really quickly. Also, for anyone that's like, oh man, you know, I really wanted to see these guys. You know, IT uh, leading the Cavs versus Kyrie leading Boston. Just so you know, they do play again next month. So it's not like we have to wait until hopefully they meet up in the conference finals to see both teams with their best players go up against each other. They do play uh, in TD Garden again next month. So we might see it then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Yeah, I too, like, thoroughly enjoyed it. He, He definitely looked like he had a pep in his step. Um, the little play where he um, was trying to cut to the basket and it, they kind of kind of lost his footing and, and kind of fell down. Like I did, like as soon as I saw it, like it, there was like half a second of uh oh, like and he just popped right back up and was like, nah, I'm I'm good. Like so, like that that was really awesome to see. I loved that. You know, he he just came into the game with that that kind of 
um, same spark that he's always played with. And and also good on them for for waiting. Like don't rush him back. You're not worried about you sh- or you shouldn't be, and they're not worried about the regular season. You know they had some some um, some a rough go at it at the beginning of the season, but of course you know LeBron James just figured everything out. Dwayne Wade was integrated very well. Um, they kind of moved. Uh, you know, I mean, Derrick Rose got hurt, but then, you know, once they kind of moved away from Derrick Rose, uh, I think it opened up a lot of opportunity for Wade. Um, uh, I, I really liked the way he passed the ball, that, that little cut pass that he, he threw in between like three guys to D Wade under the bucket was a terrific pass. Um, and there was another one in there too. Uh, but like he, he just looked efficient. Uh, he obviously shot the ball well, um, like just everything that you want to see out of him. And I think the biggest thing for me, like watching this game, is how well Isaiah Thomas can operate with or without LeBron James on the floor. Um, because n- never mind what we're getting out of Kyrie this year, um, but while Kyrie played for Cleveland, he was never effective when LeBron James was off the floor. Like, the 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 team wasn't effective, put it that way. Like, the team couldn't sustain mm-hmm. uh, leads. I mean, it was just that – was, that was, like, the big thing in the finals. Like, they couldn't, they couldn't keep up with the Warriors when LeBron James wasn't on the court. Um, and it wasn't just they were, they were having trouble playing defense. They were having trouble putting the ball in the bucket. Um, so, I think that could be huge uh, for Cleveland is, you know, in the, you know, 12 – to what you know, twelve to fourteen minutes a game that that you know you might have LeBron on the bench, like having Isaiah Thomas out there, um, and 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 knowing that he can get you you know twelve points while LeBron James rests throughout throughout the course of a game, um, and then when you play them together, I think they work so well together already, um, like just on paper they work well together because. You know Thomas's game is kind of similar to Kyrie's game as far as being a scorer. But uh, like I said, I think the biggest difference um, is just you know going to be his ability to to generate offense when LeBron James is not on the floor. And I like it's crazy, man. But like uh, I I do think that as far as offensively, this they could be a better team than they were last year. Um, because of these acquisitions. If Thomas can come back fully healthy, Jay Crowder's in there, you know, Dwayne Wade's obviously in there. You got Jeff Green, uh, Kevin Love moving over to the center opens up more offensive uh, ability for other players. I don't know if it's necessarily the best strategy as far as trying to beat the Warriors to just say we're going to outscore them. Um, But at least it's a strategy. So like, they have they have their blueprint. They have whatever they think is going to work um, with the players they were able to assemble. So I think it'll be interesting to to watch watch it all play out. I mean, I still don't give them much of a chance at, at beating the Warriors, um, but I definitely think it'll go more than five games this year um, if if that ends up being you know what the what the matchups are. Um, so I, I think it'll be I think it'll be really interesting, and I look forward to, to seeing how it kind of integrates himself into the lineup when he becomes a starter, and how they work out um, 
how they work out LeBron and Isaiah Thomas because I definitely think you want one of those guys on the floor at all times. So, um, yeah, yeah any, anything to add, fellas? Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I – as as I watch this team, I keep think, uh, you know, them against Boston, uh, the Cavs. I keep thinking mm-hmm. on uh, it, it won't happen. Uh, the closer we get towards the postseason, uh, but I keep thinking how more effective I think Isaiah could be coming off the bench. Uh, him with Dwayne Wade uh, and, and some of those bench guys, they could be really dominant. But him starting then you're forcing him to play all, you know, <clears throat> to play without LeBron and that's just a lot of minutes that I don't think he needs to play because that bench is, is a well-oiled machine, the way that they work, Dwayne Wade uh, facilitating. I mean, uh, you know, so just placing Isaiah with that and giving that, uh, you know, some stable scoring because Dwayne Wade's not – he's not going to get you 15 a, a night, but Isaiah can. Um, you know, so I think they'd just be more effective – especially towards the postseason, Isaiah just comes off the bench and you keep letting Calderon uh, start. Well, at least till Rose gets back, you let Calderon start. All of that is blasphemous in my opinion. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't – Not, not that bit. I don't – not, not that – yeah, not that I don't necessarily see your point in bringing him off the bench, but there's no way I start Calderon. Um like, if I was going to bring him off the bench, I would move D-Wade into the starting lineup um, or just let LeBron actually run the point and bring out Crowder and Jeff Green at the same time. Um, <clears throat> something like that. Like, I, I definitely wouldn't start either Calderon or, or D-Rose. Like, there's no way. Like, Isaiah Thomas is just way too much better than those two guys um, to to not to not start him if, if that's – if you want to have, you know, a true point guard. Um but I, but I mean, I will say this: you do bring up a a, a good point um, in that the way that this team can operate because of the the amount of players that they have and the different ways that they can construct their lineups with the versatility of LeBron to play four different positions, with the versatility of uh, Kevin Love to go back and forth between the four and the five, with everybody's. Uh, willingness to to fill the role of whatever it is that the team needs. Um, This team definitely seems more like a selfless team than last year. Um, And it definitely seems like a team that's just more together, like more unified. Um, And that can go a long way. Um, And I think it probably helps uh, immensely that, that, you know, a that you ha- you're getting a player like Isaiah Thomas who um, will one he's going into his contract year um, and and two or he's currently in his contract year rather um, and two uh, you got somebody who I think can get along better with with uh, the LeBron James Dwayne Wade dynamic he's closer in age to them than Kyrie was I think you know he. He's not going to have that. Um, he, he's already kind of established himself as, as I mean, he was fifth in MVP voting last year. He's just a different personality. Um, I don't think you're going to have that big brother, little brother dynamic um, as much uh, as far as mentally. Now, physically, you know, I mean, there's obviously that side of it. Um, but like mentally, you're not going to have uh, that sort of dynamic. Um, that that just kind of never clicked with LeBron and Kyrie. 
um, at least only, you know, I guess maybe in the last three games of the, the finals that they ended up winning. Um, but other than that, you know, I mean, they had so many problems, you know, back and forth. So, um, I don't know. I, I think the I think the chemistry is going to be better. I really do. Um, and obviously they have a ton more depth. So it's just going to be a question as to can they can they stop the Warriors from scoring uh, enough or score enough points to where they don't have to stop them. I mean, either one of those, you know, you, you could be potentially be all right. Um, but you know, it's just going to be tough, especially as good as good of a defensive team as Golden State is, and they've only gotten better since last year. So, um, and this and this uh, um, Jordan Bell kid is is ridiculously good. So, um, Draymond's taking him under his wing, and he's like Draymond 2.0. So, if that kid gets a shot, he's going to be a big, big threat. Um, but let's move on. Uh, we got uh, several more stories to get to. Uh, the L.A. Lakers have gone one and nine over their last 10 games and currently hold the second worst record in the NBA with their 2018 first rounder not forthcoming. How do you think that should affect the Lakers front office decisions this year? If at all, uh, Joel. I don't think it should affect much. Um, I don't know. I know they want, they said they wanted to make the playoffs and whatever. <clears throat> I don't think anybody expected them to, except maybe Jawan. But aside from him, like, I'm thinking that's, you know, they have a nice young core. We were talking about it earlier today, a nice young core. They're going to be, like, people, like, free agents are going to probably want to go there. They already got one guy that's pretty much said it without actually saying it in Paul George. You'll definitely attract people because it is L.A., one. And, two, um, if you get if you just get the one guy, if you got Paul George, that's enough to attract another star, you know, and you already have some nice young pieces there. You also got KCP there who you signed in off season who I like is a nice uh, piece. Monzo ball. Um, Lopez is still there. I mean, you have good pieces there to to build for the future with, uh, I mean, quicker than normal because it's not like a young team that needs to develop and you have to get all these young guys and they have to lose before they win. Like this team could win almost right away if they play the cards right um, but it really depends on what happens in the off season. But <clears throat> uh, that's why I think I think Magic is going to go big, and so I don't think really it's going to change their their plans at all. Not here yet, uh, Juwan. Uh, do you kind of think the same way, or do you think the Lakers, you know, maybe maybe trying to look? Uh, of course, like I said, they don't own their their draft picks, so they have no incentive to try and lose games. Do you think? No that maybe Magic tries to make a splash uh, and, and, you know, try to maybe turn some of this younger talent into something a little better, um, you know, sooner rather than later? Uh, I do agree with Joel. I do not think that uh, it is a – they're going to change drastically from what they're doing now. Um, The the game plan for Magic, uh, as Joel said before, was to make the playoffs this year. And then to, um, you know, and to build build from that. And I honestly thought they were going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, I did think England was going to have uh, a, a huge year uh, from where he was last year. I was really hoping that um, Randall would, would step up uh, really huge for them and then Lonzo would be that <clears throat> phenomenal facilitator. 
but a lot of things happened. Ingram kind of went up and down a little bit with his consistency. Uh, Randall's somewhat the same, and then Lonzo has, hasn't figured out whether or not he wants to, to, to be a facilitator or if he wants to try to score. He hasn't really figured it out yet as far as that, and now he's been injured. I think they've had him out for, like, the past six games. Um, but if I'm the Lakers, uh, like you said, they do not own their pace, so they don't have any incentive to lose. Um, so they're obviously trying to win. They're not just putting out a uh, horrible talent. Um, but a lot of this team is very attractive. I would assume is very attractive to, to free agents. What Kuzma is, is bringing you, um, mm-hmm. what Lonzo Ball could be, um, Ingram, if he could uh, get any form of consistency in his game, whether that's, you know, uh, defending or that's him getting 15 to 20 a night, whatever that is, he has to become more consistent in that. Uh, but definitely there's no way you look at, at this team and just go, no, there's no way I could, I could help this team win now. I don't think they're that far away. So if you're magic, you stay the course. Um, and, and you try to make a big splash in, in free agency next year. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of am of the same opinion. Um, I really, like, uh, as Joel mentioned, we kind of had a, a conversation about loosely tied to this earlier today, um, and we all kind of kicked around the notion. I, I think I brought it up, and we were all kind of talking about, um, you know, maybe trading if OKC wanted to move Paul George, like, and they were willing to take Luau Deng uh, in exchange for getting Brandon Ingram. Like, do you make that trade? Um, and I even said, like, you probably have to throw Jerry and Grant in there, like, just, you know, that, to add just a little little bit of something for the Lakers, just that, so they have a little bit of depth. I mean, obviously they'd win more games this season. Um, but, you know, I'm not necessarily sure – Here's the thing, um, and, and Jawan, you and I are, are 100% on the same page. Joel, I'm not sure at, at how much you uh, think it would it, their di- the dynamic would work between Paul George and Ingram, um, but I, I definitely think if you can get Paul George, you go get him. But I don't necessarily think that you want to pair Paul George together with Brandon Ingram. Um, so that that kind of comes into play with. You know, if you can go ahead and get Paul George, do you want to go ahead and, and just kind of get him? Um, if you can move Luau Deng's contract, even if you have to give up Brandon Ingram, because that's really the guy you want, and I don't think necessarily pairing them two together is, is the best best way to go about it. And then the other thing is, too, it, it, it gives you a little more cap flexibility because you can – the cap hold for um, – for Paul George is not going to be as much as you have to pay him via his contract. Um, so the fact that you already um, have him on your roster means you can sign other guys and then sign him to go over the cap. Um, you know, whereas, you know, you have to just sign him and keep everything under the cap. It makes, it just makes it a little easier to get two max players that way. Um, so that's, you know, that's the one slight benefit to it. But honestly, I'm kind of with you guys, like, I think you you just kind of play out this season. I think you do trade Julius Randle, which we discussed last week, um, just because he doesn't fit your timeline. Um, you're not you definitely don't want to have to pay him next year. So I think that's the guy you trade. Um, but you don't really make a trade to get better. You make a trade if you do make any kind of trades. It's something to set up next year for free agency. And if you're if you're making a trade for that, you might as well just wait until the off season. 
Um, like I could see in the off season, if you say, no, you're going to get Paul George, then fine, go ahead and trade, uh, trade Ingram and Dang. Like, let's say, you know, you can, tr- somebody's, you know, wants to take, like, let's say the Bulls are like, we, you know, we want Ingram, we'll take Dang. All right, Bulls, give me your 2019 first round pick and you can have him. Then we'll sign Paul George. We'll have the 2019 first round pick from the Bulls and we'll be able to sign another big name. Like, but I think you want to have that, that two things. You want to know you're going to get, be getting Paul George. You don't want to bring Paul George in and then just play out the year and not ever get any better, and then Paul George be like, well, damn, that, that doesn't seem like that's working out. I think I'm going to go, you know, somewhere else, actually. Um, so you definitely don't want that to happen. Uh, and, like, if you're going to get Paul George – like, you don't want to give – like, if you're going to be giving up Ingram, you want to get something in return for him, not something that you think you already have a good shot at getting. So I think you wait until 2019, and then if you can get Paul George, then you use Ingram. I mean, very similar to the way they used D'Angelo Russell and, and paired him up with Mozgov to move him. Um, I think you could definitely do that with Ingram – and and Luol Deng, and I think you could probably get even slightly better pick than what they got for for D'Angelo Russell because I think Brandon Ingram's ceiling is way <clears> higher <throat> than D'Angelo Russell's. So, you know, that's kind of more of the move that I would be looking at. I wouldn't be looking at doing anything too crazy um, this year. Um, but I mean, you never know. Magic Johnson is not going to like losing that much. But I also think he's he's going to be somewhat pragmatic about it. And like you said, Juwan. Injuries have played a huge role in this. Lopez, Lonzo Ball, um, you know, they've had a slew of injuries throughout this season, this early season, and it's certainly uh, been a big contributor to them losing games. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of different factors. I, 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 I'd even go as far as to say uh, the biggest thing that, that I think with this, uh, as far as OKC, who, by the way, uh, <clears throat> if we believe any of these insiders uh, that – that talked to these players, um, uh, what I heard uh, coming out of today was OKC has no interest in trading Paul George. Uh, they knew the risks when they got, uh, when they got him, uh, the possibility of losing him, but they feel very confident that if they can win uh, and show him that, that, you know, they mean business about winning, uh, that they have a shot at keeping him. But uh, to, to what you were saying, Nick, and the reason why I, I super agree with uh with what you're saying is it's a complex situation for both. If you're OKC and you just play out the season and you lose in this, this is just for example, the first round and Paul George goes, all right, bye. I'm going to LA. You just lost him for nothing. Um, If you're the Lakers and you play the waiting game, you risk the Thunder going pretty far. And then Paul George going, all right, you know, we just need like a little tweak here and there, probably from the head coach, but a little tweak here and there and we could actually be in the finals the following year. And if you're the Lakers, you missed out on him completely. It's, it's the same situation to why um, a lot of people uh, said I was crazy for this. Joel, I'm, I'm sure, is definitely one of them. Um, I thought, uh, although I wouldn't have given as much as they did, but I thought the Knicks were smart when they went out and, and, uh, and got mellow because what you didn't want is to mm-hmm. wait and then have other teams <laughs> wine and dine mellow 
and then Melo potentially go to, I don't know, Chicago or L.A. or anywhere else. You did not want to risk that. It was a sure thing that you could get him now, especially when he's talking he wanted to be there. Get him then. And then, you know, talk, you know, long-term or, or whatever the case is. But you didn't want to risk that. So if you're L.A., you have a lot of different things to look at. You could look at the fact that this team isn't necessarily horrible. There's a lot of things that didn't necessarily go their way uh, that you can improve on going forward. So if you don't get Paul George, it's not the, the be-all to end-all. Uh, you could definitely still grow that team, maybe get someone else a free agency and, uh, and help grow that team. But if you're OKC – you don't necessarily want a Durant situation. Uh, so if you're willing to, to risk your season, uh, not, not as far as them winning, but your season on, you guys will do enough that it'll keep Paul George happy enough to stay, then by all means, take that huge risk. But if what Paul George is saying, um, you know, about he's dedicated to this team, just focusing on the season and trying to win it, um, like Russell Westbrook said, he said the best bargaining chip is a championship. So he said that, you know, when, mm. when someone asked him, what are you doing to, to try to keep ball joyed? He said, win. That's it. I mean, you know, <laughs> who walks away from winning besides Kyrie? But who walks away from winning? Um, <laughs> so, you know, his mindset is if we can win and win big, why would you go to L.A. and risk, you know, not winning? So, I mean, I definitely see uh, the, the point you were making, Nick, but I definitely think this is a crazy situation OKC and the Lakers could potentially find themselves in. But L.A. definitely has a lot more uh, of a backup plan uh, than I would say OKC did if they if they were to lose uh, Paul George. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you pretty much go back to having Robertson play the three, Abrinas play the two, and then you try to figure out what else – that you can do around that. Um, I think yeah. the biggest thing. I think the biggest thing too is um, with OKC. Like, if you're going to lose Paul George, you absolutely should should like make a deal. But I mean, you just don't know. And and the thing is, if you trade Paul George, and let's say you get, let's say, I mean, the the two trades that I've kind of been throwing out there is you get Ingram and Dang, so you get. You know, you have to take Dang's contract, but Ingram's on a three-year deal, same as Dang. So, you know, you don't have to pay Ingram, uh, you know, his next big, you know, his first sizable contract until Dang's off your books. Um, or if you get, say, Jay Crowder and Mon Shumper and the Nets pick um, from Cleveland, like, you, you're not a contender anymore. Like, that's the thing. Like, you're, you're basically saying, like, we don't think we're a contender with Paul George so we're going to mm-hmm. go ahead and, and, you know, play the long game here, which is fine. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but you, you, you're essentially admitting that. You're saying we're not a contender, so, you know, we, we're, we're going to move Paul George now because we don't think that we can win, so thus we don't think that we can keep him. Um, so, I mean, right. and, and let's just be honest, like you're, you're, you know, with Paul George, you're at least an outside shot con- contender. Without Paul George, you're not. You're not a contender. If this team, anything that that they could try to get for Paul George would not keep them a contender because it wouldn't be out there if you know if if it would. Um, so I mean I think those are all like you know important things to kind of uh, keep in mind. And, and real quick before I throw it back to you, Joel, for your final thoughts, um, I also think that uh, I think that the 
Paul George um, situation is a little different from from Melo because Melo wanted to trade so he could get a five year deal and get more money. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Paul George. I think Paul George. I think this is his eighth season in the league, I believe, and it's after. Uh, I think it's on your tenth season that you get to um, your uh, your max salary goes up to thirty five percent of the salary cap. So I th- honestly think that. Paul George won't be interested in signing a five-year deal. Like he'll want to sign for like a two-year deal or like, I guess maybe like a three-year deal with a third-year option. So that way when he's going into his 10th season, or it might even be a two-year deal um, with a, with a player option, but he wants to set it up. So when he goes into his 10th season, that's when he can get the big, big contract. Um, I guess what a lot of players um, have kind of been wising up and, and starting to do um, and then at that point, sure, he'll want the five-year deal, but um, but I don't I don't I don't think there's any real reason uh, for him to want to be traded to the Lakers immediately. Whereas that was that was Melo's big motivation was you know being able to get that extra year. Uh, but Joel, yeah, just, um, your final thoughts? No, I think you guys pretty much nailed it. I mean, it's a it's a gamble, man. They made a gamble when they did it. When they made the trade, no one was like, oh shit. I mean, everybody was, oh, shit. Like, no one expected that because that's a gamble because he's going to be a free agent the next year. They're like, oh, we're going all in because that's all you got to do. You got to go all in if you're going to go and get a guy like Paul George. Like you said, if they go and trade him away and they pretty much get nothing back, they're pretty much saying they're forfeiting and they don't expect to win because <laughs> they're not right. bad with It's not like he sucks and they're not, like, bad with him. They're just not as good as they expected to be. Um, but you're you're right. Like, they're better off. They have a better chance with him in the playoffs than they do without him. So I think in, I think they may not trade him because of that, and they might just they have to at least take the chance because they made the trade. They got to at least try. But you're right, they could end up with nothing for him because he could end up walking in L.A. Um, and L.A. can go out and get him and whoever else they want. And they have a nice young core, and they, they can run off, you know, with a nice little team. And OKC's back where they were. But I do like um, what we were talking about earlier, what Juwan brought up, like just bring up a whole bunch of role players for, like good role players for for uh, Westbrook to play with, and that might be better off for him, because uh, maybe it's not what he needs is another big time score. Now you have Melo at least for another year. You just bring in some good role players with the money that you were playing Paul George, you might might be better off in the long run. Where what do you think about this, Joel? Um, just just for for shits and giggles. Um, okay. Trade, uh, say, let's say uh, I'm trying to do the contract work in my head, but like Paul George um, and Alex Sabrinas, so that'd be about 25 mil. Um, trade them to Houston for um, for Eric Gordon uh, and get, um, let's say, PJ Tucker since he's on a slightly longer term contract than Ariza, and then some, like somebody to make the money work. Um, so that way, you know, Houston at least gets a shooter to, to you know, make up for losing Gordon. Um, they have to run the risk of losing Paul George. But, hey, now you've got yourself Chris Paul, uh, uh, James Harden, and Paul George. Um, you know, and then you, you kind of can build – you can kind of pilfer the Rockets' role players uh, and, and construct a team like you're saying uh, around him. And, and let's just, you know, say basically – You've got Russell Westbrook, Eric Gordon, uh, either Trevor Ariza or PJ Tucker, whichever one you you can end up finagling. Right. Um, and then either one. you know, Trevor Ariza is probably better off. 
Yeah, yeah. Trevor Reese is um, a better player, but he's on an expiring contract, so you'd have to pay him next year. Whereas PJ yeah. Tucker is is locked up for the and they're like the same age. They're both like thirty four, thirty five, or no, they're not that old. They're like thirty two, thirty three. PJ Tucker is younger. <laughs> Yeah, yeah a little much, bit, but younger, not, I think. not much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, not by they're, much. Not by I think much. it's like six months difference. Um, yeah. But but yeah, well, so they're I months. mean they're both like <laughs> veteran players. Um, but my thing is this is is I think Ariza, you know I think Ariza is probably going to get more of like an Andre Iguodala contract. Uh, I think that's what he's going to want. He may not get paid quite that much, um, but it's going to be somewhere in that Andre Iguodala like. 14, yeah. 15 mil, something like that. Yeah. I think for three years, exactly. and I think the third year is non-guaranteed or a partial guaranteed third year. Um, so, like, I mean, I think something in that in that sort of range, and I, I don't know that you want to pay that. If, and, you know, if you're OKC, you don't want the risk of losing him. You want Eric Gordon and you want P.J. Tucker because they're both on three-year deals. Um, yeah. But, yeah. like, for instance, I'm not saying this is going to happen at all. Um, but like, no, no, if, you. if you're OKC, do you do you kind of like that fit of having like Eric Gordon mm. put another shooter in there? Um, you know, have have somebody like PJ Tucker who's like a three and D guy. Um, you know, pairing those two role players instead of Paul George. I'm. Oh, I'm sorry. Did Joel's go? Well, yeah, you, I was you, you could say yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I mean, if it, if um, you want to say something, you could. I don't care. I, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, that, that'd be great for OKC. Only issue is um, that'd be you telling the Rockets, hey, I'm going to help you guys uh, try your best to get to the NBA Finals this year. We uh, we don't really think we can do that much this year, but here, you <laughs> right. guys take Paul George. Go ahead and get you guys a seat in the, in the NBA Finals. But I, I know you're only saying that for, for, for shits and giggles, but – if uh, if there was some way you could do like a, th- a three team trade and Paul George could go maybe east, and you could still get those role players, uh, they're def- they definitely fit. Because your question was, uh, you know, do we think they'd be a good fit? They, I I was talking to jo- uh, me and Joel were saying, uh, like he was saying before, Russell Westbrook needs role players. He, he can't for some reason. I won't say for some reason. He likes to stuff the stat sheet, points, rebounds, assists. So it's not much he leaves <laughs> to another guy, um, except for when you, when you know he gets doubled and you're open, knock down the shot. You don't need an all star to do that. You can just get a, a role player who's a good three point shooter to get that mm-hmm. job done. Uh, he's reason. not the kind of guy that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Russell Westbrook's one of those rare breeds that just doesn't really play. I won't say that he doesn't need, but he plays like he doesn't need another all star. He just needs guys that do their job very well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he needs like an Eric Gordon or, like Joel said, a Trevor Reza or even a P.J. Tucker, guys that can mm-hmm. defend uh, Durant <laughs> and guys that can knock down shots and somebody maybe that right. can play the, the two so they don't have to worry about Roberson being uh, such a uh, – uh, Liability. <laughs> Yes, a liability yeah. down in the stretch. Uh, you know, so Eric Gordon would, would definitely fill that void. Um, but, yeah, he definitely next season, especially if you lose Paul George and have to keep Melo because Melo's not going to willingly want to go anywhere, uh, you definitely need to retool and just surround them with really good role money. players. Or, or just, Exactly. Or just, you know, 
maybe find that gem in the draft like you did uh, Harden and Ibaka uh, that one year. So They don't have I mean, their draft you know, pick. Ah, yeah, I'm about to really say, and, and yeah. it's not like they're at the bottom of the draft. Yeah. <laughs> oh no 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 no, so, no no! I I know that Harden and uh and Ibaka uh were, were pretty low low picks though. They weren't high picks. I don't I don't recall. I mean, they were like lottery third. picks, but they weren't. Yeah. They were yeah. Like, Harden Harden was pretty high. I think yeah. Harden was three and Westbrook was four. I think Ibaka was like nine or something like that, or maybe eleven. Oh wow! I okay. know Stephen Adams okay. was in that ballpark. Was like eleven. Um, somewhere mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Um. But, I think uh, he was 11. but no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Abaka was like 24. Abaka was like 24. Yeah, was I can't maybe. remember which draft it was, but yeah, he, he was, he was uh, late. Stash too. He didn't come over right. Oh, away was he? Either. Yeah. He like yeah. Cause he's from like Senegal yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, so that pick was later. I mean, they, they do scout talent pretty well. Um, it's a, like, it's kind of a shame that like, uh, Reggie Jackson, that, well, I was gonna. Well, I was just gonna say it's kind of a shame that, like, God, think of how much this team could use Kyle Kuzma, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Word. Uh, yeah. Like they missed out. I mean, a lot of teams missed out, but like, man, this team could really, really use someone like Kyle Kuzma. Like, are you kidding me? He and Russ would love each other because, like, Russ would be driving to the bucket, bring on three defenders, kick it out to Kuzma. Like, that would be. Um, that would be a very uh, interesting dynamic. Um, but, yeah, nevertheless, uh, I mean, I, I I, honestly, I can't necessarily disagree with you, but I think, like, kind of what we all go back to is, like, you, you, you already made the decision to go all in on Paul George, so do you want to just admit yeah. that it didn't work? Or do you just want to ride it out to the end of the line? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> or, you know, maybe you ride it out and it ends up working out. Who knows? Um, yeah. honestly, my biggest concern as, as like, if I was the, the GM or even more so the owner is how much is this going to cost me, bro? <laughs> like they already have one <laughs> of the highest salaries. They, I mean, seriously, they already have one of the highest salaries in the NBA and, you know, having to pay Paul George next year and still having Mello's like $27 million on the books the, the next year, Russ making like 35, like, that's just even Stephen Adams making like twenty three or twenty four. That's just a lot of money um, to be you know dishing out. You know, if you're not, if you're you know if you're not a kind of a lock for the finals at least. You know. Yeah. Um, but you know we'll see. I kind of I kind of um, I I think we all agree and and in, in the respect that you got to play this situation out, but. You know, is there a better fit for a better way that you could construct a team around Russell Westbrook? Absolutely. Although I will say this real quick before we move on, I don't think I, I don't think one other star is necessary necessarily the problem. Like I think Paul George and Russell Westbrook are a great combo, and I think they'll they'll um, they'll kind of figure it out throughout the season. Um, like I don't. I'm not going to be as cocky as I was going into the season and say, you know, they'll figure it out and beat the Warriors, you know. Don't don't really feel that strongly in that regard anymore. Um, but I do think they'll figure it out. It's just a question, you know, like what 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 does Paul George really want, you know, and, you know, how how's that going to play out? Um, but as far as the rest of, like, I, I think in hindsight the Mellow trade was, was not a good trade for them. 
Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's just he, – he, he's, he's not fitting. He's the one who's not fitting on that team. But, you know, now that they've made the trade, there's nothing they can do about it. He, I mean, he still has a no-trade clause, and nobody – I don't think anybody's going to want it. Like, let me – let me just pause it one more thing before we move on, because I got, I got to uh, let's play out another little um, uh, dream, uh, dreamed up scenario between Houston and OKC. If you're OKC, would you trade Mello for Ryan Anderson? No. Yeah. yeah. No. No. <laughs> I don't know, man. I might. I'm like, because, I mean, because mm. Melo's not if giving you any defense anyway. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> and... If I'm OKC, if I'm OKC it's, it's a lose-lose, honestly. Because um, when you look at it, one, you don't want that contract. And and two, Ryan Anderson's not going to give you really much more than what Melo's already giving you. So why not so just keep you a little bit of money. Yeah. Only and, a little bit, uh, though. And I'll be stuck with least... Anderson, though. Yeah, Maybe but you only got Anderson for percentage. you only he's way better at shooting. Like he can bury yeah. thirty five footers, dude. Like yeah. And, yeah, and you're not really losing out that much defensively. Like no, I, I wouldn't mean, do it. This yeah, I mean, I'll say that Mello's okay. Yeah, Mello's athletic, but he's but he's but he doesn't use it. So no, not really. he's not nearly as athletic <laughs> as he used to be. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, he's more athletic than Ryan Anderson. So like, yeah, yeah. and Zebo, yeah, he's definitely more athletic than those two. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but nevertheless, like, I don't know. I I kind of yeah. think it's funny. I, I think it's funny because um, uh, Joel and I talked about a. a a three-way trade to get Mello on um, to get Mello onto the um, uh, Rockets, and it involved uh, essentially sending Courtney Lee and Ryan Anderson to OKC, um, mm-hmm. and, and you know pairing those two guys up with with uh, Russell Westbrook uh-huh. and Paul George and and uh, um, Stephen Adams. I think that would be a much better team. I think Courtney Lee would be a lot better than what they're getting out of Abrinas or Robertson, I think, as far as offensive. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think Ryan Anderson would offer way better shooting, um, and I don't think their defense would really take that much of a hit with Anderson instead of – I just think it's funny how it played out that they were the ones that ended up getting mellow, um, mm-hmm. and I think they're having buyer's remorse about it. But yeah. who knows? I, I definitely think they could have they could have played facilitator to make that trade work out with with New York and Houston, um, but they were more interested in getting that other than playing facilitator. So um, I tell you I what, I, I I I thank my stars that OKC was willing to take uh, Mello because every time I look at Cancer uh, and, and <laughs> Doug McDermott, I just keep saying to myself, "Thank goodness you're not Ryan Anderson." So. I do think <laughs> Well, yeah, and that was the <laughs> thing. I mean, it was, it was right now with McDermott. Oh, yeah. Well, well yeah, you wouldn't take his contract. The deal of cancer, no, I wouldn't. I'm just saying as a player right game. now. Yeah. yeah. At least can hit them. Well, but cancer's giving, you, cancer's giving you more than what Ryan Anderson would. So, I mean, there's a bright oh, yeah. yeah. McDermott might not there's be as bright, the, the pleasant to play. Yeah. So well, you didn't want you didn't want the 
Yeah, and you didn't want the contract right. of Anderson, and you didn't want somebody else who plays the same position as KP. <laughs> like, so that's the exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But and, like in the yeah. in yeah. in what I was proposing, you still would have ended up with Cantor and McDermott. Like, I think you might have yeah. ended up with one one other. I can't remember what the exact details were, but you would have had one one additional player. I think from the Rockets um, to make everything work out. But um, but essentially, I mean, it would it would be. Um, still be those two players, um, but you know, I don't know. Who knows? Um, and I guess you would probably have gotten a draft pick from uh, like a 2020 pick from the Rockets or something like that. But instead right. of the 2019 Chicago second rounder, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think it would have been. I, yeah, well, I think it would have been. I think it would have been a better trade for OKC. But hindsight is always 2020, and y'all would have cleared. Uh, Clearly off the books, and you know, at Hardaway playing, you know, more of his natural position, playing the the two guard. So, but anyway, it's 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 kind of a moot point because it didn't happen. Um, but let, let's move on. <laughs> um, with with the Lakers' current struggles, the Boston Celtics uh, stand to get their 2018 first rounder if it falls between numbers two to five. Uh, the um, Sixers stand to get it get it if it's number a number one pick which as it's currently slated with them having the second worst record, there's a 20% chance that it ends up at number one. Um, and pretty much if it stays at the, if they keep the second worst record, there's an 80% chance that it falls between two to five. Um, Cause if you have the second worst record, you can't fall below five. Um, so 20% chance that the Sixers get it, 80% chance that the, the uh, Celtics get it. Um, if the, Pick conveys to the Celtics which prospect or prospects uh, do you think they should target in the NBA draft? And I'm going to rephrase mm-hmm. this question a little bit. Um, how crazy is it that, like, so much of the two teams who have the brightest future, barring any sort of injury concerns, but the two teams who have the brightest future in the East, like, right now, like, they pretty much, like, it just, the lottery because of how shitty the Lakers are, is going to decide, I think, who gets the edge going forward. Because, um, I mean, well, first of all, let me just pass it around. If the Celtics get the pick, who do you think they should target? If they get anywhere between two and five, like, who who is it that you would have your eye on for them, uh, Joel? Yeah, I don't know yet. <laughs> it's still too early. I haven't really been paying attention to college basketball. So until it gets closer to that time, I usually don't. <laughs> so I don't right. know yet. Uh, um, it's... Go ahead, Joe. No, no, I, I was pretty much done. I, I like, I, like I said, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to look it up and I'd have to see. But uh, yeah, that's that's really where I'm at. It's Boston we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Whatever they need. <laughs> Whatever position available, <laughs> best player available. Yeah, riveting, very informative information. I, um, <laughs> I actually, I, I thought about this, but I, I thought, um, especially with the idea of Marcus Smart coming off the uh, off the books and Celtics probably not looking to uh, to to pay him what what he's gonna want to be paid. Um, I was thinking maybe if you're Boston, since Kyrie isn't really a facilitator, uh, trying to pronounce the name, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. Is that? Yes. Yeah. Doncic. 
Um, I thought he'd be a perfect fit. I thought he'd be a perfect fit for how Boston plays. Uh, They're very unselfish. Um, Well, until it's clutch time, then it's give it to Kyrie and pretend (laughs) that the rest of the players don't exist. Um, But it's very unselfish basketball, Uh, very defensive-driven and and very pass-friendly. So when you look at the way Kyrie comes up to court, um, you know, they do run their their set plays, but Kyrie will, will definitely look to shoot first. So if you can maybe, you know, use Kyrie and, and Luka the way you use Kyrie and Marcus Smart, have um, Kyrie kind of fill that uh, that shooting guard position and have uh, Luka do the, the point guard, you could run that offense a lot more smoother. Um, and, you know, I, I don't really know how well he'll he'll look defensively, but, I mean, Kyrie – definitely reshaped how he plays defense just in the short time of last year and this year. So, I mean, Brad Stevens has a way of bringing defense out of, out of the worst of guys. Um, so, I mean, I definitely think that would be – say it again, Joe, I'm sorry. I said except Isaiah Thomas. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> when you, whenever you're that small, there's not much defense you can do when everybody else is like a man. mile taller than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I get you. I get you. I get you. Um, Isaiah's kind of felt more like, like an – I won't. I don't like saying that, but it kind of felt more like an effort thing. Like, he didn't really put that much mm-hmm. into playing defense because he put so well, much – Well, when you're scoring 30 team. points a game, it's kind of hard yeah. to, like, yeah. play as hard on defense. Y'all well, should know that, being, like, Melo fans for years. <laughs> well, no, Melo just didn't want to play. He could. He could. He, that that year that year we played the Pacers in the second round, Melo played really good defense that year. So I well, from then but, on but I, what I I'm knew saying, Mello, it was no, I'm not saying I'm not saying he doesn't have the ability or, or never had the ability. I'm just saying like when you're when you're scoring thirty points, it's very hard oh, to okay, yeah. put that much effort on defense when you're when you're putting yeah. that much effort on offense, is all I'm saying. Yeah, no no, that's a good point. But yeah, I Especially, think um I think Go ahead, Joe. No, I said especially if, when it comes to athleticism. Like some guys are good defensively just because they're that athletic. And if you do yeah. have the, the physical ability to do it, and it, it really does just come down to effort. Like with like Wiggins, yep. for instance. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, especially because he doesn't have that big of an offensive <clears throat> load, especially with Butler and Cat being there. It's definitely mm-hmm. an effort thing. Um, yeah, yeah, and he has uh, Nick, arguably has too much of an offensive load with those two guys being there, um, really, and and still doesn't play like still doesn't play defense. Like, yeah, that it, you know what's funny? I'm sorry, I don't want to sidetrack too much because um, we we uh, we still got a lot of topics to get to, but like, how funny is it that it, and I was guilty of this too. How funny is it that like, you know, just a few years back. So many people, including myself, were contemplating if Cleveland made the right trade, trading Wiggins for Kevin Love. And, like, I don't think anyone's asking that question anymore. I mean, asking it, no. no. But I, I have thought about it. I have thought about uh, what LeBron could have – because Wiggins has never taken the spotlight there in, 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 in Minnesota. Like, he's never demanded to be that guy. Uh, I, I, the more I see him play, the more I, I just don't think it's in in his DNA. Uh, I think he's fine letting Cat and now Jimmy Butler be those guys. Um, yeah, but he, he, he takes more role. shots than Cat does. It drives me crazy. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I, I do I do agree with you on that. But the more I look at him, the more I think he could have he could have really turned in, uh, turned out to be um, a really 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 great. Uh, I don't want to say role player because he's a step above that. Uh, but I thought he could have fit really well with LeBron. Only reason why I didn't want them to play with each other was because I wanted Wiggins to be that guy that could beat LeBron. But then the more that I watched him in his time yeah, in the third, I was just like, I don't. Yeah, I was like, no, this is never gonna happen. Especially because yeah. it doesn't seem like he wants it. He he wants the spotlight or anything. So yeah, I mean, he's but very I will say, exactly. I will say no one should regret the trade. But I do think there's, you know, if, if people had questions like what, what Wiggins could have been with LeBron, I, th- I definitely think that's appropriate. I don't know. I think I think the guy just doesn't have it in him. I don't think it would have mattered if he was playing with LeBron or if he was playing. Like, we he, we all know he's capable of playing defense. And he just, he, I mean, he's got Jimmy Butler on his team and he doesn't care about playing defense. I mean, anybody's going to get, like, hard work out of somebody, it's Jimmy Butler. Like, I, I don't. I don't know. But anyway, like I said, I don't want to get too sidetracked. So Luka Doncic, I think you're right, Joel. It is Doncic um, with, the, Doncic. with the long O sound. Yeah. Um, no, that's a, that's a really, that's a really interesting pick. And I, I, I do um, definitely see what you're <laughs> saying. If, <laughs> I definitely see what you're saying. If, if you're saying that they're not going to keep Marcus smart, um, if they are going to keep Marcus smart, I would definitely wouldn't take him because I don't feel like you're going to have a lot of room for him to operate in that in that lineup. So I think it just all depends on that. On I don't leader. think the offers. Yeah. I don't think the offers for Marcus Smart are going to be crazy good. Um, right. I, I just I don't know. I could be wrong, um, but like especially because so many teams have gotten burned the last two years with offering up huge contracts. There's very few teams who have that kind of money left. Um, How old is Marcus and, Smart? Uh, like twenty four. Twenty four. Like he's yeah, yeah he's young. Um, but like still, I like he's, he's not a great he's not a great shooter. He's a really good defender. Um, he, he's he's just he's a perfect fit for the Celtic system. Um, and I don't see that many teams needing somebody like him. I just don't see it. Um, you know, I could be I could totally be wrong. I mean. Maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe Phoenix comes out there and it's just like, hey, we'll give you $20 million a year. And, of course, Marcus Smart's going to be like, yeah, Boston, I'm going to take that. <laughs> Sorry, guys, bye. Um, but I don't think anyone's going to do that. I think I think you're going to see him get like a Jordan Clarkson type deal where he's like 12 to $14 million for like three seasons. And I think Boston will match that. It, or I think they'll pay him that because um, I think he's worth that to Boston. Because um, yeah. he is such an invaluable I mean, player, but if if I, I could, go ahead, if I could just add something just really quick uh, to to the point that uh, Joel was saying, where he was saying uh, pretty much just fill fill in whatever they need. Uh, as as you look at the Celtics team, you go okay, point guard, you know, with Rozier and uh, and Kyrie, you know that that's a good um, you know that's good depth there. Uh, Marcus Smart, uh, then you know Tatum and Brown. They, they don't really play their natural positions all the time, so you're not really clear on exactly what that <laughs> that two or three, what else you need in that position. And then you just look at if they can keep Morris and he can stay healthy, that's good. Maybe get another uh, a stretch four if you can. 
And then you you look at their biggest weakness, it's it's the big man. But you're not gonna really go out and draft that. That that's not really something that's well, that's uh well, that's, that's fair, out there as far as yeah, yeah, it's not like it's available. Like you're See, not gonna get another Anthony Davis or Carl Anthony Towns. Well here's the or thing. Joel Embiid. Uh, well, I here's the thing. I don't know about that, man. Because uh, there's a kid down in Arizona oh, yeah. named DeAndre Ayton, and that's oh, exactly yeah. who I'm looking for if I'm the Celtics. Like, I, I totally understand the Luka Doncic, Doncic pick, especially if, if Ayton is off the board, um, which is very possible. He could go number one overall. Um, but, like, if there's – well, there's here, – here's – I kind of got, like, a two, two – uh, player scenario. Like, I think ideally they want Aiton because Aiton would be perfect to um, to play as the five. He could start. He could back up Horford if you're playing small ball. You could play Horford at the four, which they've done uh, a fair amount this year with having, having Baines play the five. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think Aiton would be perfect. He's, he can shoot the ball from the outside. He rebounds well. Um, there's just so many intangibles that he does. Now, I mean, it's it's early. I'm not going to sit here and say uh, this guy is the next Joel Embiid because no one fucking knows. Like, it's just impossible to say anything of that, that sort of um, – uh, with any kind of <clears throat> definitive nature on, on how good a player is going to be um, when he's still just in college. Um, but he could. He could be that good. Um, he, I mean, he's got the – he's got the skill. He's got the – um, the body, uh, the the physical attributes. He's got all the intangibles that you need. It's just you know, it's it really comes down to, um, you know, does his does does his play translate to the NBA? Because so many times college players have great play, but it just doesn't translate for whatever reason. Um, so mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's who I would go with. And and if if let's say they, you know, he wasn't on the board, I might trade down and and take Bamba, who is the other big center. Um, who's, you know, kind of a top-five prospect. I could see them trading down again, taking Bamba, and then trying to turn, do you know, pull something similar to what they did with Philly last year and try to, you know, pull another draft pick out of that whole scenario. Because um, that's what Dan James does. And he's, I, well, I mean, <clears throat> let's just say, you know, you got a team um, you know, who's sitting at three or four or maybe even five, and they're like, man, like, we really need that guy. We really need, you know, we think we really need Luka Doncic, or we think we really need Michael Porter. We think we really need um, uh, Michael, Porter. Uh, uh, Michael Porter Jr., the guy who he, he got hurt, but he's he's going to be really good. I know. I, saw, um, I said so sad. Oh, yeah, so sad. I thought you said, who's that? I was like, what? Come on, dude. No, no, like, so I know. sad. <laughs> Yeah, no, it really is. Um, but, I, I mean, I still think he'll be a top-five pick. Um, but regardless, you know, um, uh, Marvin Bagley, you know, that, that could be another guy. Um, or, you know, Trey Young's stock is rising. Like, I mean, there's there's several guys um, that I think, you know, given the right scenario, they could trade down for. So I, I definitely think they go to the center. Um, I think it'll be interesting because I think if it, if it becomes the number one pick – and if Philly gets it, I definitely think they go Luka Doncic. Because um, for all the reasons that you said, Juwan, um, and the fact that he uh, he's like the best – he's the best international prospect we've ever seen. That doesn't mean he's going to be, you know, the next Dirk Nowitzki. He's just 
he's better than Dirk Nowitzki was when Dirk Nowitzki was 18. Um, so, mm. you, you know, I mean, he, he really – that's the guy I want the Hawks to get. Um, but I think if, if, if Philly gets that number one pick, they definitely don't need a center. Um, their, their biggest – you know, the biggest need is definitely wing play. Um, a guy who can play both the two, the three, he can even play the one if you need him to. Like, you know, Juwan was saying, I mean, he, he can definitely facilitate offense, um, can shoot from deep. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have any flaws in his game. The only flaw that he has is in his athleticism. Um, but, I mean, you're asking him to come in and, and take the place of J.J. Redick. You know, an 18-year-old kid, uh, he's going to have more athleticism than J.J. Redick. So, um, mm. so you know, I mean, I think I – think, <laughs> I think that would be crazy, and I, I really do. I think whoever gets this pick, whether it be um, whether it be Boston or whether it be Philly, however it turns out, is going to immediately have the advantage um, going forward uh, as far as you know the best the the team with the best future in the East. I think I think it'll be really interesting. Um, but yeah, Simmons, Simmons, Doncic. Um, and uh, you can sprinkle in Fultz in there, too. You can use Doncic as, like, a six-man to get started and have him play some backup one, two, and three. I mean, then you got you got Rocco, you got um, you got Saric, and you got Embiid with some Holmes in there. Like, that's a damn, damn good roster. Um, but, yeah, it'll be fun. I, I can't wait for, for draft season. In fact, I was thinking the other day, and it kind of made me a little sad, it, um, the trade deadline with it coming up, I'm not going to have any more mock trades, and then I have to wait all the way until draft <laughs> to like for like my favorite basketball shit. So, um, <laughs> but you know, luckily we have a little thing called the playoffs in between that. That's usually pretty exciting. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Demar Derozan dropped. 52 points against the Milwaukee Bucks to lead his Toronto Raptors to a New Year's Day victory. Say what? The beast. Yes, dude. Like, uh, essentially, I mean, he he set a new record uh, for a team record for uh, points scored in a game. Um, He is averaging career highs in three-point percentage, two-point percentage, effective field goal percentage, assists, and steals per game this season. Um, I mean, he's just playing – he's balling out this year. Like, finally, like, you know, this guy who looked like he was, like, kind of a player out of of time, like, like, you know, that kind of uh, 90s mid-range shooting guard that everybody wanted, you know, back in the in the you know 90s and, and early 2000s, and um, but you know he's finally starting to kind of fit the mold of what you want out of a player of his caliber in today's NBA. Um, the team is moving the ball around so much better than they they've done in previous years, um, and just his assists being up um, a, a fair amount more than they have ever been is is testament to that um his shots are down but his points aren't that far down um from from what they were last season um so i mean it's it's been a very impressive season uh for him uh what did you think of the game itself or what do you mean just him dropping 52 uh and do you think he can propel the raptors to uh the eastern conference finals this year joel 
Oof, good question. Um, let's start with the game. I didn't really catch the game. Um, I just saw the highlights. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, DeMar Rose is good. Really, really good. Uh, I, I've liked him for a while. I liked him uh, coming out of college. Um, and he he works in Toronto. I, I like. I, I don't hate Toronto. I like Toronto. Uh, they just have not been good in the playoffs. They just seem to get stuck right there. That seems to be their crutch. Um, they're kind of the Clippers. I the like. Yeah, yeah, sort of, sort of, yeah, something like that. Um, always, always getting hurt. Them. Can't quite get past the, you know. Past exactly. The, they past keep the, getting like yeah, like playoff treadmill. <laughs> they just get stuck. Right. It's like ah, oh, they can't get that's over so the hump. That's, that's a good way to put it. Get like over that. the hump. That's yeah. all. Yeah, I can't think of any other way to put it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's just they need. I still don't think they're there yet. Um, but just to see Jawan squirm, I'm going to say they're going to make the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. Jawan, your retort. Uh, didn't see the game either. Um, my, uh, surprise, surprise. being here in New Jersey. No, no, no. Being here in New Jersey, you don't get that many trash. Get- no, I'm just joking. Uh, no, I didn't catch the game. I, uh, <laughs> I, I saw the, the highlights state. like Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, w- I will say a few things about DeMar DeRozan. Um, he definitely is an all-star. He definitely is uh, – when I say top player, I don't mean like Durant, uh, LeBron, but I do believe he's in that wherever that you have tier. Kyrie – yeah, wherever you have like Kyrie, team, yeah. you know, like those guys, that's where you, John have, Wall, to, you have to start. Bradley Beal, yeah, John Wall, CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, yeah. You have to start putting DeMar DeRozan there. Uh, I was even yeah. I was thinking about this a lot uh, um, uh, today. I think he may, by the time he's done, be the best Raptor ever. And I always thought that wow. would ever be Vince Carter. Um, but I do think oh, he will Bosch. be the best Raptor ever. No, I I never had Chris Bosh over Vince Carter. Just what Vince Carter meant <laughs> to the city of Toronto. Well, yeah, I and, think and did Chris Bosh ever lead them to the playoffs? No. Did he? Yeah, I don't, no, think I don't he remember. Ever did. No, he didn't. I know. No, he didn't. He didn't. Because I remember <laughs> that was the storyline when he went to the playoffs. Uh, how excited he was saying this is his first time uh, in the playoffs. And LeBron and, and Dwayne Wade were just like, "Yeah, we've been here before, guy. Like, what, is, what have you been doing yeah, calm in, down. in Canada, man? Do, like, what's been going on your role. exactly? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, actually, by that time, Wade and LeBron had already been to their own finals. Um, right. But anyway, back to the topic. Um, can DeMar DeRozan lead the team to the Eastern Conference Finals? Um, I believe he has the talent to. Uh, it, do I think they actually can? No, because the guy that he relies too heavily on never shows up in the playoffs. Uh, and I think that's going to be their downfall. Um, I think the team, uh, the way they're shaped now is, is like, if there's any chance for them to knock off LeBron, it would be now. Uh, if they had any chance, um, but I, I, I'm sorry, I don't have high stock in, in Kyle Lowry, and I don't think DeMar DeRozan can pull this kind of performance throughout the entirety of the playoffs to lead them there himself, and Kyle Lowry is way too inconsistent in the playoffs for me to believe that <clears throat> Excuse me, he'll step up enough to help DeMar uh, get to that point. Um, so I, I'm going I'm to say no. Uh, 
they won't, but it's not because of DeMar DeRozan. He'll do everything he can. He just has a running mate who's just got off on the playoffs. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. You, you, we haven't given you the proper platform to talk shit about Kyle Lowry in some time. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. I feel like, I feel like we got to give you that at least like once a month just to get it out of your system. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, Vitriol. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you just, Someone you just hate that guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but nevertheless, um, it, it, it was a it was a terrific game. I I too like you guys. I only saw the highlights. I don't. I'm not even. I don't think it was a nationally televised game. Um, no, so I feel no. like if you don't have league pass, you didn't see it. Um, which I'm way too cheap for that shit. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I, I mean, yeah, dude, it ain't cheap, man. And like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just not, not, not doing it. Um, but I did, I did watch it religiously for like the first week when it was free. Like I watched it every single night. It was awesome. Um, but they didn't, they didn't hook me. I didn't, I wasn't like, I gotta have it. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it was incredible, like performance on his part. Um, like and and the fact that they were able to pull out the victory and and two like I know it was like a I think it was a at least an overtime game I think it was a double overtime game if I'm not mistaken and um, so you know I mean that allows you to give you ten extra minutes to get your fifty two points but even still to get fifty two points against a team like Milwaukee with all that length um, that's pretty crazy um, like that's not a slouch defensive team so. You know, I mean, that's that's impressive uh, in that regard as well. Do I think they can make it to the to the Eastern Conference Finals? I really just I think it depends on their seeding because I think like I think that number one seed means everything to them. I mean, they have to ball out in order to get that number one seed because they do not want to play um, Boston or Cleveland. Um, to, to try and make it there. I think they can beat Washington. I definitely think they can beat Washington. Um, and I would probably um, pick them to beat Washington. Um, I, think they could, I think they can beat Milwaukee. I would give Milwaukee a slightly better uh, chance at beating them than, than, uh, than Washington. Um, but I, I don't know if they could beat – I don't think they could beat the Cavs, and I don't know if they could beat the Celtics. It would, be, it would probably be a, an epic series – um, but I really do like what I've seen from them this year. Um, their coach has been terrific at implementing a system that is, is all about sharing the ball, moving it around. It's, I think that's been one of the biggest um, things that has, has kind of helped propel DeMar DeRozan this year because um, he gets better shots, uh, which is why, you know, he's, yeah, I think he's shooting at such a, such a higher clip um, because his shots are just better. Um, he hadn't had that, and like since you know his first few seasons in the NBA, just getting wide open shots like that, and the only reason that was is because no one knew who he was at that point. Um, but like, it, it, I love the team's depth. Um, like, uh, DeLon Wright, uh, Fred Van Vliet, um, which I just love saying that guy's name is the best basketball name ever, Van Vliet, um, and. Uh, <laughs> Norman, Norman Powell, OG Ananobi, uh, uh, Siakam, however you pronounce his name. I don't think that's right. Uh, probably more like Siakam, Siakam or something. Siakam. Siakam. Yeah, that guy. 
like they've got a lot of depth. Um, I still kind of want them to to try and see if they can maybe get a Mark Gasol. Um, you know, yeah. if that's even possible, because um, I think that would go a long mm-hmm. way. But again, the thing is like. The one guy that I don't want to give, well, other than Norman Powell, because um, I definitely think you've got to keep Norman Powell. But, like, OG Ananobi, he's got a really high ceiling. I think he could be really good. Um, and so I don't know, like, I don't know if I would give up what it took to get Mark Gasol just because I don't, uh, I, I don't know, I just don't have that kind of um, – uh, that, enough confidence in them to think that that would be enough to push them over the edge. And I think, I think there's a very small window. I, I think it's super tiny, but I think there is a window for them in the next, say, three years, four, maybe five, um, that maybe with the depth that they have, if they can you know, grow that depth and get them to play even better, with their veterans now, with DeMar DeRozan leading that team, um, I, I think they could find themselves in a scenario in which they could get to not just the Eastern Conference Finals, but the uh, that they could actually be a title contender. Like, that we could look at them and say, this team could actually win a title. Um, a lot of things would have to happen. Um, namely, I think the Warriors, like, something would have to happen with the Warriors. Um whether it be Clay Thompson going somewhere else for a bigger paycheck or, you know, it be, um, you know, one of them just, you know, getting hurt in, in a particular season. Um, you know, I mean, something like that would definitely have to happen. But I definitely think that they have the, enough talent and depth and young talent. They draft very well. Um, I'm, I'm really surprised at them this year because I did not think they were going to be good at all this year. Like, I thought they would be like a six. Well, maybe like fourth, fifth, um, probably not as low as sixth, but like fourth or fifth. Like I didn't think they were going to be um, as good as they are this year. Um, it's been <clears throat> pleasantly surprising to watch, and I definitely think DeMar DeRozan um, is, is that kind of player. Um, but before we move on, let me kind of throw it back to, to you guys. Joel, I'll start with you. Um, do you. Do you see the window that I'm talking about kind of the over the next few years if maybe they could – you know, LeBron finally hits that wall just before, you know, the Sixers and Boston kind of hit their stride. Um, do you see any kind of window for Toronto to, to actually, let's just say, make it to a, to a, um, to an NBA finals? Uh, if that wall and by, and by that wall, you mean Los Angeles? I think maybe it's possible. Um, <laughs> um um, but I don't know. Uh, it's possible, but they have to get through. I think they still need one more piece, and one at least one legit piece um, to be legit and a contender against the guys like Boston. Because Boston's just going to be better next year. And Cleveland, we don't know. They're in limbo until further notice. Because um, <clears throat> they can look completely different by next year. <laughs> we have no idea. Uh, but at the very least, you have to get through Boston. So can they get to the Eastern Conference Finals next year? It's quite possible. But the finals, if they got to compete with Boston and then without that extra piece, uh, I don't know if they could do it yet. Gotcha. But I still got uh, to go Juwan, I feel like I know the because, answer to uh, this question. Why not? I'm sorry. Go <laughs> ahead, Joel. No, I said, but I still have them going to the Eastern Conference Finals because I just want to see Jawan squirm. I want to see. I want to see video <laughs> when that happens. <laughs> um, and Lowry, no, what, what would? 
putting up. Yeah, like Lowry hits the game winner. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that that would be oh, that would be, be something to watch. Um, I could see it now. Us, actually, uh, crazy. To tell us how that will never happen. No, I'm just playing. Like we we know how you feel about that. Um, but uh, I assume I, I I assume the answer before before I ask it. But um, like, do you think they have any chance of making it to the NBA Finals in the course of the next like say three to five years? I see the window you're referring to, and I I just want to make this super clear. I don't hate the Raptors. I, I strongly <laughs> dislike Kyle Lowry. Um, if he weren't on the Raptors, I'd actually vote because I'd actually root for the Raptors. I love DeMar DeRozan um, uh, a lot. Um, but I, I will say this. You were saying before you would take them over Milwaukee. Um, I know they beat Milwaukee in the series last year, but I, I keep I keep saying this over and over and over in my head. Um, I don't think they would beat Milwaukee in a seven-game series this year. I just think they would have a better um, shot at beating Milwaukee than they would Cleveland or Boston, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. For sure, I mean, yeah. Even when you look at the game where he just had to score 52, they went into overtime, and they had only won by like four or five points. So right. it wasn't like he had 52 and it was a runaway. He had 52 right. to help them win that game. Like Without that 52, that's a whole different game. Um, right. But yeah, no, I, I see your window. I'd be honestly, I'd be foolish to say if LeBron hits a wall. Um, excuse me, outside of Boston, really, what else is there to stop Toronto? Um, you know, maybe Milwaukee, uh, but it's really Boston. And if LeBron, like Joel says, goes to LA, or even if he just kind of just falls off, uh, kind of like a Peyton Manning kind of thing, like he just falls off. Then yeah, I mean the, the window is I mean, wide open, and Demar Derozan. He's going to win a talent. championship. Well, <laughs> no, I meant <laughs> minus that, minus that. I I get that though. That was funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do see the window you're referring to, and Demar Derozan is the perfect talent to lead that. Uh, I just I just think they de- they definitely need another piece because if you're telling me Demar Derozan has to lead this team. With that number two, uh, to the possibility of going to a finals, I would tell you that that becomes very slim. No, I mean I I can't really I can't disagree with that. I and uh, in, in fact, in asking the question, I just uh, um, you know I kind of I kind of feel the same way as you guys. But nevertheless, I I do think I I think it's it's the slimmest of possibilities. But I I. I I think the reason that I bring it up the most is because honestly, before like this season started, I was almost kind of of the opinion, like, you know, just try to like, not, not tear it down and rebuild, but whatever you're doing is not working. So like, you know, maybe try, try to tweak more. Don't bring Kyle Lowry back um, or, or try to sign and trade him or, you know, like, uh, several different things. I, I didn't necessarily agree with them re-signing Ibaka, um, but I guess, you know, when, when they traded to get him, they kind of felt like they had to. Um, but nevertheless, I think, you know, they've kind of proved me wrong, um, and, and they're actually performing at a, at a, a much higher level than I thought they would. So, um, but anyway, uh, let's move on. we got two more topics. Uh, James Harden. Uh, he's going to miss at least two weeks with a hamstring injury. What does this injury mean for the Houston Rockets, Joel? It means shit. I mean, like, oh, shit. 
that that kind of shit. Um, <laughs> um, like uh, it sucks for them because they, Chris Paul's been out, uh, and now you got James Harden out, and it's like you know this is a road you know it's a bump in the road for them. Uh, Chris Paul's back, so luckily they, you know <laughs> at least one went out, one came back in, and then you know vice versa. So. You got yeah. Chris Paul and Eric Gordon could definitely score. So, at the very least, you may be able to stay afloat against teams like Orlando, like tonight. <laughs> but against big dogs, you might struggle. You know, so we'll see. Hopefully, they could, for their sake, uh, stay afloat. Like uh, we'll see what they do uh, against uh, the Warriors. <laughs> like you know, tomorrow, <laughs> and, and right. if that works out for them, if at least if they're at least competitive, then they may be able to stay afloat. And that's really what it comes down to: can they stay afloat and not completely collapsed, and I don't think they'll collapse. They're just they, they, their system works in their favor to to take out uh, weaker teams, you know. Yeah, and I think I think it will be interesting because we've seen the team operate at least early on in the season without Paul and have success. Not as much right. in the last, you know, um, the second stint of when he was out. They they definitely struggled um, a, a mm-hmm. lot more. Um, to to fill everything they need. I think the biggest thing is is this team. Um, like Dan Tony doesn't doesn't play a lot of guys. Um, like he's usually got a, a small group of guys that he plays on, on a yeah. team. So it's going to mean a lot either a lot of increased minutes or guys playing who do, don't normally play. Um, yeah. And and how those guys will be able to respond and whether they'll be able to give you valuable. Uh, small chunks of time is going to be really huge um, because this team is too old for you to play guys, you know, 40 minutes. Like the, you can't play Chris Paul 40 minutes a night. You can't play um, no. Trevor Ariza 40 minutes a night. You just, Eric Gordon's not as old as those guys, but he's, you know, he's had back concerns. Um, he had to miss a few games last year. Luckily, uh, you know, he's been relatively healthy while on Houston um, but he does have a history. You don't want to overplay these guys. Um, right. So, like, I, th- I think it's it, it could be big. My biggest thing right now is, like you said, you want to just stay afloat. But I don't necessarily think it's, um, it, it, like, I'm, I'm not worried about, if I'm Houston, I'm not worried about getting that, um, like, that number one seed, per se, I just mm-hmm. I don't want to drop below three um, because I don't want to have to play Golden State in the second round. I want to play Golden State right. in the finals. Um, so I right. think it's very important that they don't slip down to four, which could easily happen. Like Harden's out for at least two weeks. I think if he's only out for two right. weeks, you'll be okay. I don't think you're going to drop that bad. Um, but I also think you can't rush him back. Like your your main focus has to be – you know, we know we're going to make it to the playoffs, so if he needs that extra week or extra two weeks, if he's got to be out a month, he's got to be out a month. Um, but nevertheless, like I, that, like I said, the difference between having that three seed and that four seed is huge because you would so much rather play, even though the Spurs are always good, you would rather play the Spurs um, in the second round than the Warriors. Um, uh, you know, and I'm I'm, I'm assuming – uh, it would, it, the Spurs would be the number two seed if the Rockets are number three. Um, so it, that that to me is the biggest aspect. You want to stay afloat. You want to make sure Harden gets healthy. You want to make sure you don't overplay your guys. 
Um, but just keeping that, staying out of that four seed is, is so, so important. Um, and not to mention, uh, it's, it's also really important because you don't want to have to play Minnesota or uh, Oklahoma City in the first round. Like, uh, that's another reason why it's important not to, not to be in that four slot. So a lot, lot, of, lot of things at play there, um, but I, I definitely think they, they desperately want to stay um, at three or better. Um, you know, moving forward. Uh, Jawan, what are your thoughts on uh, Harden's injury and how it affects the Rockets? Uh, Harden's injury, <clears throat> it's, it's it's definitely tough. It's going to be tough for them. But uh, you went out and got Chris Paul for a reason. Um, so I think Chris Paul needs to uh, to step up. Uh, obviously, offensively, um, like scoring-wise, he's not going to do what Harden does. But it's a committee. Uh, you know, uh, I, I like that. I like Gerald Green. Uh, I think that was. The, I think they they signed him from. Uh, I think he was a free agent, right? They didn't have him start. He was. Yeah. He was yeah. a free agent. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that pickup. I feel as though Gerald Green is always an energy guy. Um, so you know, Gordon can definitely step up and uh and, and help you with that scoring load. Um, so if you're Chris Paul, man, like like you guys said, you have to you have to just stay afloat, but. Uh, because Harden's out doesn't mean that I don't want to, you know, that uh, these guys can can use that uh, as an excuse when they're playing these these tougher teams. I, I want to see them go out uh, against Golden State uh, tomorrow and, and put on a really good game. Um, because honestly, uh, my biggest issue with the Chris Paul signing was going to be uh, is and always will be while he's there is I, I don't know if he's that piece that gets you over the hump. So a way to prove that wrong is tomorrow go out and, and ball. Go out and ball against Golden State. Um, you know, show that you're truly that, that huge asset um, that everyone says you are when they brought you in. Um, yeah, so it's show, that, be a show, that it was, show that it was your surrounding pieces in L.A. and not you. That were bad. Right, exactly. Um, and if I'm Houston – I'd sit I'd sit James Harden out an extra week. Main reason why is James Harden has this insane infatuation with not missing games. And in the NBA, that is something that is like very, very, very difficult to work with because he flames out in the playoffs. Like you're playing, you know, seventy something games. Uh, you know, because I'm I'm putting that to this year with him missing the the two weeks. Um, so, you know, you're playing all those games and then you have to play almost back to back to back to backs over seven games, uh, two or three different times in in the postseason. So that's a lot of minutes that Harden has to play. So you don't want any lingering issues on top of that. So if I was them, I, I, same thing I said with Steph Curry, that team was playing great without Steph Curry. If you needed him to take an extra week or an extra, you know, two weeks, Give it to him, so you know that that's not a lingering issue or something you have to worry about uh, come postseason. Because you want to make sure there's nothing, nothing that you necessarily have to worry about um, from previous that could be an issue now. So if I'm them, whatever this is going on with Harden, make sure he's a thousand percent, not a hundred. Because I tell you what, if that guy flames out like he did again last year, Chris Paul is definitely not not increasing their odds of getting past uh, hard flaming out. They'll lose to the Spurs yeah. again if that happens. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, they they need both of those guys to be um, 
you know, peak performance if they're going to, you know, make it to the Western Conference Finals and, and you know, potentially, um, you know, upset the defending champs. Um, with, uh, with this injury, um, you know, I, I think the kind of the, the general consensus, at least maybe not quite general consensus, but the majority consensus um, around the league seemed to be that Harden was the MVP this year. Um, and and LeBron James, you know, maybe having the best year of his life, but it was only second best um, in in the running for MVP. Um, do y'all think this this kind of makes LeBron James the the favorite now to win the MVP? Uh, Joel, uh, I would say yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if James Harden is one, and I would say LeBron is two, maybe KD three. Even though I don't like saying that. Um, <laughs> Maybe after the Kumbo, you know, does like that. But um, yeah, I think LeBron definitely takes the lead if it hardens out uh, out of the running. But we'll see when he gets back. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely feel like it depends on how long he's out. Um, right. But you know, if 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 he misses say ten games, which that would be like closer to three weeks, be like two and a half weeks, I guess. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, if he misses. If he misses ten games, like yeah, that could definitely go a long way to to you know LeBron continuing to post up numbers. Um, uh, Jawan, do you do you think it makes LeBron the front runner, or do you still think um, would you still think that for whatever reason that Harden might be the uh, that you know missing ten games won't affect his MVP candidacy that much? Um. I don't think that it will. I don't think this is a Carson Wentz, Tom Brady thing. I think this is more so um, – I think that will be the, the case if Harden comes back and struggles. Like, he doesn't look like he did uh, before the injury. Uh, if that's the case, then LeBron – I told you, LeBron already has the, the, the whole the whole storyline, uh, you know, his age, what he's doing with the team – how they struggled early and he had to will them back to it. Like he has the whole like story all all bundled up and ready to go. So if Harden comes back and struggles, I could definitely definitely see LeBron uh locking it up cuz I don't see LeBron falling off between now and in the uh you know the playoffs, but I, I don't think it should knock Harden down unless his production uh lacks when he comes back. I, well, here's my thing. Uh, well, two things, actually. I think, personally, I think LeBron James is the MVP thus far this season. I think it's super, super, super close. But I think what um, Harden has been able to achieve is very similar to last season, whereas what LeBron's been able to achieve um, without uh, Kyrie and without Isaiah Thomas even being in the lineup. Um, and I don't, I don't – for, for me personally, and I know where you're coming from, Jawan, when you say the, the like story and everything, and the the um, like it is because it is a great story. But it's not for me personally. It's not really about the story. It's just about like looking at the roster and what he's been able to do with, you know, pretty much a roster of role players minus Kevin Love, um, who I think is still an All Star. Um, but when you you know when you look at look at, you know, what Harden's been able to do with a roster that has already been constructed around him for uh, one season. Um, the fact that, you know, he's he's 
had time with Chris Paul, uh, you know, during the season. And then when he didn't have Chris Paul recently, he kind of struggled. Um, and now the fact that he's going to be sitting out, I think that may cost, probably will cost the Rockets a few victories. Um, if they slide down to like three or even four and LeBron, you know, keeps the, the Cavs at, you know, one or two, um, I definitely think that could go a long way in, in um, you know, making LeBron the favorite. My biggest thing is this, though. I feel <laughs> I feel like James Harden is like the Hillary Clinton of, of this MVP race in that, <laughs> like, he's going to win it because it's his time. <laughs> like, it, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just that's – it's almost like it's predetermined because he's been, what, second place the last two years, I believe? Um, yeah. So, so like I feel, and you know how they are. You know they like, they they the NBA. They want to share that award. They don't want to keep continuously giving it to the to somebody who's already won it. Same person. Particularly if it's right. if it's year after year after year. But n- nevertheless, I mean LeBron still won it four times. Harden has barely missed out on it two years in a row. So I think that could really go in his favor too. Um, well, I mean so, the. the Go ahead. The biggest, the biggest reason why you, and again, um, if he comes back and he struggles, I get why you then start to favor LeBron. But if he comes back and he balls the way that he did when uh, before this injury, what what I keep saying is, if Harden doesn't win it this year, you're really you're really putting out the wrong message. Because honestly, and, and hear me out on this, what more would he have to do? To win the award is now what you're telling Harden. Like, what else yeah, does he but, have to do to win you, the award? But you can, but you can flip that script and make the same argument for LeBron. Like, LeBron is yeah, having my the, thing is best, the best season. No, no, I know, I know, I know. But LeBron's having the best season of his career and has already won it four times. So you're telling me that he's having the best season of his career in the 15th year of his career – has won it four times, but that's not enough to get him another one. So it's the same. No, I'm it's saying, the same thing. I think you have to keep everything in in a nutshell and just compare season to season. Like who had the better season? Whose team performed right. better? You know, I think I think that's what it's got to come down to. I I don't think you can you can take you know what LeBron's done in previous years and say, well, you know, the, he had the best season of his career. It doesn't mean that he had the best season of the year. Just like James Harden, you know, he's he's done everything he could do the past two years, and it just wasn't quite enough because of circumstances. Um, same thing. Like, it, it just it, – it, all that matters is it's, it's not like you could have done any more. You just got – you got eked out by, you know, somebody all, who all just I'm had a slightly is, better year than you. All I'm saying is I look at Harden and LeBron the same way that I looked at Nash and Shaq and Nash and Kobe. Like, Kobe and Shaq both had better years uh, than Nash. But it's like what Nash was doing, you can't, like, you can't ignore that. So I understood why he won it. But I even say to this day that I would have definitely given it to Shaq or Kobe. Like, I, I still, it, it kind of confuses me how he won both years over those two. And then you can even look at uh, when Steph Curry got it back-to-back. I understood that one year because of how he started to redefine how, how people play the game. 
uh, yeah, he made 400 three-pointers. <laughs> yes, exactly. But then mm-hmm. that second year, I was just like, all right, now I don't understand why he got it this year. I understood last year, but I didn't understand why he got it the year you got after this, also. You got so those I mean, years reversed. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. yes, yes the second, I, I the second year was when he won it unanimously. But Yes, um, okay, I'm sorry. The, so that the first year, year the yeah. first year. Right, okay, I'm sorry. Um, but, but I mean, that's, that's the, the thing. It's just you, you never know what you're going to get year to year. So, and that's that's you don't. That's kind of why I do think you might see Harden get it, even if LeBron maybe deserves it a little more. It's just like last year. Like, if you take away the numbers, if you take away the 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 overhanging thing of, well, Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double. Like, if if that didn't mean what it meant, and you just took the the team records. And, you know, Harden's overall numbers versus Westbrook's overall numbers, I think you probably give it to Harden, right? Well, I mean, if you're saying if you're saying most valuable uh, MVP is for the most valuable uh, player to well, the team. Well, but and that, part that's of, never well, been no, defined. No, I, I that's, not really what, right. that's not really what I'm saying. I'm just saying if, if you take away the notion of a triple-double meaning anything at all, then I think James no, no, Harden yeah. wins it last year. But but you but but let's be honest. I mean, the triple double does mean something in basketball. And even though Harden kind of had the better year, it's like we may never see this again. We have to reward the guy who got the triple double, which is why I think it could play right. to Harden's benefit this year. Is like we don't know how we don't know if Harden's ever going to have a year this good. We may want to give it to him, you know, because he hasn't won one and LeBron right. has four. So like it's right. just it's such a it's such a fickle thing to me the MVP in in, in NBA basketball and NFL but, too um, <laughs> yeah Both of them. yeah very much so um, you know I mean I I I think uh, I think it's probably a, li- a little more fickle in in basketball but you know um, that's it's kind of hard to say though it's kind of apples and oranges um, but let's move on yeah. we got one more topic. Uh, we're going to be talking a little player loyalty. Um, it's kind of always been a topic of conversation in the NBA, oftentimes with players being condemned for a lack of loyalty. In today's NBA, are players too loyal to organizations that ultimately only care about their bottom line? Jawan, you wanted this topic, so I'm going to let you lead it off, my friend. Uh, yes, and uh, I think this is a issue uh, mainly because of how the media portrays players that think themselves first rather than the organization. Uh, we've seen numerous times organizations put themselves over players. It happens. It's a business. So what you're telling the player is, it's a business if I have to get rid of you. But God forbid you you ever want to leave us, you know, because then that's different. So I think a lot of these players and the the – one of the, the number one players that I wanted to bring up was um, Damian Lillard. This guy continues to uh, to declare his undying loyalty to the Trailblazers. And every season I see the Trailblazers, since, you know, they broke up that, that core group that they had of Marcus Aldridge, uh, Nicholas Batum, Wesley Matthews, uh, it, you know, those guys. I just, outside of C.J. McCollum and uh, that center that they got, I keep seeing them not surround Lillard with enough to get past what they see is the only thing that they need to get past, um, which is, you know, the Golden State. Everyone else is stacking, you know, is stacking the deck. OKC pulled, uh, 
you know, crazy trump card, got PG and Melo. You got the Rackets who, who pulled out Chris Paul from thin air. Like, you see all these teams retooling, and the Trailblazers are just still the Trailblazers. And, you know, he was saying to someone on Twitter the other day that, you know, he has, he has loyalty to his team, that that means something to him. And I think a lot of these players, uh, for, you know, for whatever reason, that, that's a foolish loyalty to have. If there is a situation to where you can uh, improve your game, your brand, and make money and win, you got to think about it. Because, honestly, that team, before Lillard knows it, and I'm going to be completely honest with you, before he knows it, that team's going to look to rebuild. They are. There's just nothing that team's going to do that's going to get past Russell Westbrook anytime soon or the Houston Rockets anytime soon like, or, the, or the Golden State Warriors or the Spurs. So that team at some point is going gonna, is gonna to start to think maybe there's something we could do to either retool or rebuild to better construct this team to play against those, those Goliaths. So if I'm Damian Lillard, man, at some point that team's going to put themselves over you. And I just think if you're smart, you need to make that move before they do. So I'd give them another season, and then that's it. Because a lot of these players, they're wasting their prime. Anthony Davis is wasting his prime uh, over in, um, you know, with the Pelicans. They're never going to be in, in the finals or even contend to be in the finals, uh, you know, anytime soon, the way that they're constructed. And he's been there for a few years. So I just think that's, that's a huge issue with a lot of these young guys. They have this undying loyalty, and these teams shell out all this cash, and they never surround them uh, with anything to help them grow. So I just think these, these guys need to really take a step back and really look at what's best for them rather than what they think the organization uh, wants. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think there's, I think there's some valid points. I want to um, pass it over to Joel, though, before I chime in. Joel, just kind of same, same question, um, but we'll, we'll even make it a little broader. Um, do you think that – do you think that, A, that, that loyalty even exists on the organizational side? And if so, do you – I mean, do you, do, do you think players owe it to their teams to have any, any certain amount of loyalty to their teams? Um, loyalty. I don't think there's nearly as much loyalty as there used to be, in my opinion. Um, it's it's a business, and a lot of these guys do walk now when they have the opportunity. Not everybody is Damian Lillard <laughs> that would that, that that wants to stay, and I respect players that do want to stay as a as a you know as a fan of a team that sucks for as long as we've sucked. I commend someone that wants to be there. There's <laughs> someone that's loyal. You know, I don't mind that at all. Um, not every team is going to have the best players. And those teams that suck need to be good eventually, and they need good players to do it. So if someone wants to stick around and try to build, you do it. And, it, and of course, they're going to be young because that's what you want. You want young, good players to build the team to be good. Um, no, I don't think they need to stick around forever, especially if the team's not winning. For both sides, it's smart to just part ways. And eventually that might happen for Portland, you know? They can't do nothing else. He's getting up there in age. He needs to win eventually. He's like uh, late 20s at that point, so it's like move on. And he's still going to be good. Now he's going to suck. Now he'll go somewhere else, and he'll have another opportunity to do it somewhere else. But he played out his contract, and if he wants to stick around and he wants to rebuild with them again, that's his choice. You know, that, that's all on him. And But I, if, if you're me, if I give it to me, 
unless I feel like we can't go any farther with that one player, like I commend the loyalty and I want the the player there because if he's loyal, I'm loyal. And I'm looking at it from a fan's perspective. You know, I don't look at it from them because they're making money regardless. So they're going to look it up for themselves. These guys want money. They're going to get paid. The reason they stay is because they can make more money where they're at. That's why it's put that way. Or else it'll be like a free-for-all. <laughs> you know, it'll be like baseball where like top-heavy everywhere. And um, and it's just like that's how I feel about loyalty. And it's, I don't think it's as common as you might think. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely – go ahead, Jordan. No, no, just really quick. I was just going to say, uh, to, to his point, there's only maybe three or four top guys that have actually left. Everybody else has remained with their with their team, and, and they don't really have anything to show for it besides the huge paycheck. That's, that's what I'm referring to. That's also well, their but, choice because they're getting paid. <laughs> right. Well, and here's the thing, too. Like, to me, it kind of boils down to this, and – and this is just kind of like one example of it. You know, Mello decided to stay with the Knicks, and he took not a lot less money, but he didn't take a max deal. He sat down with Phil, and Phil asked him to take, what, like $7 million less? It wasn't wasn't a lot of money, but it was a little bit less money. Um, and he took it, and you see where that got him. Like, it basically divided the fan base as to whether he should even be there. Um and regardless of whose side you took in, in the whole mellow Phil thing, I think 95% of fans took took Mello's side in that. But you still, like, it was still divided uh, probably 50-50 as to whether you want to keep Mello, whether you want to deal Mello, or, you know, what have you. It created a whole shitstorm. And, like, now that Mello's finally on a team that's, you know, a competently put-together team that can win, uh, he's too old. He, he, he doesn't have it anymore. Like not, not in the mm-hmm. sense of what he was even two years ago, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really believe, believe in, in, I don't think the players should try to be that loyal to, to their teams. Um, like I think honestly, um, a lot of that was Mello's fault, uh, in his particular case, because he could have, he could have waived his, his, you know, no trade. He could have opened up the floor to different, different teams earlier and, and, you know, you know, really tried to get a deal done. Um, but Mm -hmm. you know, he, he obviously didn't do that, but I mean, that's just one example. Um, I mean, I think what it really all comes down to is, um, you know, teams, teams are worried about a, their bottom line. They, they want to be profitable, um, and they want to win. And, you know, you're, you're not going to see, uh, you're not going to see teams that you know just just stick around with with guys as long as they used to back in the 80s and 90s and 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 things like that. And as a as a like a, a counter a counter move to that, you're starting to see players who uh, essentially um, take take things into their own hands. Kind of starting not starting with LeBron, but like I mean he's he's definitely been a trendsetter. Um, as far as you know, players uh, saying, "Well, I, I want to go. I want something different. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna try to, um, you know, see if I can get a trade, or I'm going to try and you know find a way to get to this team in free agency, um, or anything, you know, of that regard." So you see these these things like you know Chris Paul 
opting in so he could be traded to Houston. Um, Mello going to OKC, Paul George going to OKC. Um, you see all of these different things, and I think it's really, honestly, I think it's good for the NBA. I I think, um, mm-hmm. I, I think you you the, the the pendulum's going to swing, and you need a way to counteract the fact that these organizations aren't really loyal to their guys like they used to be. So I don't think players should be. I just think that's really what yeah. it all boils down to. Um, you know, organizations, the reason why Reggie Miller stayed in Indiana his whole career is because Indiana never even considered trading him at any point in time. Like, Reggie Miller was their guy, and they were going to do everything that they could do to build around him. They were going to pay him a fair uh, salary for what, um, you know, he played uh, and for the, the output that he gave versus, you know, other players' salaries of, of the same kind of output. Um, and they were going to try to put pieces together around him. Isaiah Thomas in Detroit, same thing. Michael Jordan with the Bulls. It, that's just, you know, teams don't really do that anymore. Um, you know, the, and and probably because there's more teams, so less teams make the playoffs. So you're basically, if you don't make the playoffs, that costs you a lot of money. So you don't want to be paying for, you know, a roster. Um, you don't want to pay $100 million if you're not going to make the playoffs. And I understand that. Um, but at the same time, you know, players, you know, have to have their, you know, their way with that too. So if you're not going to be loyal to them, and I think, I think probably the best case scenario or the best scenario to paint this picture is obviously Boston with Isaiah Thomas and the Kyrie trade, um, and even Jay Crowder, because um, I mean everyone talks about Isaiah Thomas, but Jay Crowder was, I think, the longest-standing Celtic um, when when he got moved. Um, I think it was Avery Bradley, and they moved him. Yeah, it was. You know, yeah. so like, so I mean, they just—I mean, they pretty much just did it all in one in one fail swoop in one season. Um, I don't blame them. I mean, um, but I also don't blame these players for wanting to go out and and try to have more say in and you know where they're trying to go. Right. I mean, and, and I, I'm not trying to uh, dismiss what you were saying, Joel. A lot of these players choose to take the money over <laughs> over winning. No, no, no. A lot of these players choose money over winning. I, I, I completely get that. If you make the decision to stay, that's on you. But a lot of these players who, who stay, they stay with the, the logic of winning there. And what I'm saying is that's cool. But once you see two, three years down the road that you're still not winning – you need to begin to think about you and less about, you know, oh, you know, this, this city means a lot to me. This town means a lot to me. I get that. Sure, that's cool. But do you want to be one of those players who retires with never going to the NBA Finals or the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference because of loyalty? That's, that's yeah, what I'm, that's I get, the point I, I'm trying to get to. I get well, what you're saying. And, I just don't think it's as common as you say. <laughs> I well, don't think I, they well, work that when it comes down to it. I, well, I would say this, like, if that's really what your goal is, don't sign a five-year contract. You know, yeah. like, right. it's like yeah. sign a three-year deal. Doing. Yeah, do what LeBron's doing. Sign two, three-year deals with player options so you can you have more flexibility. I mean, if you're a good enough player, then you can get away with that. Um, you know, if, yeah. you're, I mean, if, you're, to... if you're a Blake Griffin, you want that five-year deal because you don't know if Absolutely. you're going to have a career-ending <laughs> injury. So like, absolutely. You know, I mean, it just it depends player to player. But I mean, I definitely think I mean, that there's there's something to be said. Like, to, you have to have that that amount of responsibility on your end too to put yourself in a position right. to not be tied down to an organization. 
Um, but, no, I agree I mean, with you, though, Juwan. I mean, if, if you look at Anthony Davis, I mean, when he signed his deal, he said, I'm loyal to this team. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to get to the playoffs and we're going to build and everything else. And granted, they did trade for DeMarcus Cousins, but before they did that, they signed Solomon Hill, they signed Etwan Moore, they signed exactly. Omar Ashik, they signed yep. Alexia Gentia, like all bad contracts. So mm-hmm. um, Etwan Moore is probably the, the one that I would give the biggest pass on because he's actually contributed this year. Yeah, um, but if you look at what he's yeah. being paid versus what some of these other guys who are contributing more are being paid, it's, you know, the, the output is not necessarily worth the, Hill. the you know, the million dollar what a year. What the fuck was that? I was just trying I to say no pretty idea. much just as, as much as you're saying, Joel, it's not as common. What I'm trying to say is it's it's maybe not to the, the, the largest extent, but it happens super often. Like think of some of the, the league's best players outside of LeBron and KD. Think about where they are. Yeah. They're with their own team. They're with their Ooh, own team. Like, all right, give me, outside all right of, you got who like like James Harden is there, but for good reason. James Harden, well, um, right, right. Anthony Davis. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, but um, that, that's a good example of someone that might have to look at leaving soon. Okay. Or yeah, you, that, yeah. That's I what mean, I'm or you can that's even say saying. someone like DeMarcus Cousins Wall. who got traded. John Wall. John Wall. John they're, they're, a play, they're a playoff team at the very least. They are. Like, where's he going to go to another playoff just, team? No, 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 no. You want to go to a team that can get past just the first round or two. Yeah, but, but again, when, when again, but, 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 but see, here's the <laughs> thing again, Juwan, like, and, and I think this goes a long way to, to kind of Joel's point. Um, I mean, it, it was John Wall who decided to sign the, the extension that kept mm-hmm. him there for another six years. Like, so – you know, I mean, if, if John Wall wanted to get out, he, he could have played out the rest of his contract and then explored free agency, but he wanted that guaranteed money. Um, and I don't blame him. I mean, there's 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 two sides to that coin, absolutely. Um, but, you know, I mean, there there's definitely situations where, where players are, are, are too loyal. Um, but I, I don't – I'm kind of with Joel. I don't think it's as rampant as – like I mean, I think you got you got cousins who finally got traded. You got Anthony Davis because they never put shit around him. Eric Bledsoe, Paul they never George. put shit around him. Uh, Paul, well, but Paul George had good runs in in Indiana. I mean, he they did, put, but he finally left. <laughs> He's well, a game yeah, away but, from the finals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did finally leave, but the 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 last team that they put together, we all thought was going to be better than they were. They just turned out the yeah, more. Yeah. You know, so I mean, they definitely tried. But uh, but anyway, but we need to wrap good. it up, right. guys. Um, another great show. I love the Heath banter at the end. I love it when when uh, Joel and Jawan disagree. I love that. Uh, y'all y'all get so heated at one another. It's awesome. It's fun to listen. Because he's so annoying, um, Nick. You don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I don't find it annoying at all. I find it very uh, endearing and and fun fun uh, banter. Um, but anyway. Um, oh, another great like show, that. fellas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, another great show. Uh, super, super fun. Uh, can't wait to do this again next week. Same time, same channel. Uh, Nine o'clock every Wednesday, and we are back this Sunday. Geek Vibes Live makes its 2018 debut, so be sure to join in, join us Sunday at eight o'clock. 
Uh, we are going to discuss all of the latest geek culture. Uh, but anyway, have a good night, and we will see you guys soon. Adios. Peace. Adios.